0: We are going through the book of Revelation. This is gonna be a third church we're looking at. The first church was episode. And Jesus told them, remember your first love. The second church was Samaria. And remember what Jesus said. Be faithful. I know you're suffering, but be faithful. It's just for a time. Now we come to the third church. The Church of Pergamon. Go with me to Revelation 2. Verse twelve to seventeen and the angel of the church of Pergamum writes the words of him who has the two inches are I know where you dwell with Satan's thrown it. Yet, you hold fast to my name, and you do not deny my faith. Even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was killed among you, where Satan dwell. But I have a few things against you, you have some there who host the teaching of Balaam who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel so that they may eat food sacrificed to idols and practice sexual immorality. So, also you have some who goes to the teaching of the Nicodemus, therefore repent. If not, I will come to you soon and war against them with the sword on my mouth. He who has in here... Let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquered, I will keep some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone with a new name written on the stone that no one knows except the one who received it. This church, Pergamon, was located in the Western part of Minor, just north of Samaria, as we see, and about 20 miles from the Mediterranean Sea. It was a wealthy church. It was a a wealthy city, sorry. It was a wealthy city with idols and with different temples for idol worship. It was a church where religion was important. It was a religious center for all kinds of religion, filled with statues, filled with all kinds of religious stuff. It was also the capital of Rome. In Asia Minor. This place also was very, very smart people, was very smart education place. It has one of the largest, one of the greatest library collection. Ever, in that time, over 200,000 over volumes, 200,000 volume, 200, books were in this great library. It was the place where you wanna be, if you're Roman. It was a place where everybody can do whatever they wanted. And it was cool. And verse 12, it says, And to the angel at the church, and Begram um, writes, The world can, who has the two-edged sword. We have heard the two-inching before. In Revelation 1, verse 16, it says that Jesus, out of the mouth of Jesus, comes this 2 inches or So this two-inching or talks about word, Word. What is it? Well, in Hebrews 4.12, we read, For the word of God is living and active, sharp, sharper than any two agents or peace preaching. Do that. To the division of the soul and of spirit of joints and of narrows, marrows, and discerning the thoughts and intention of the heart. The two-edged sword is the Word of God. The sword talks about a judge, but then a, a emperor or a judge or anybody in power will have a sword with him. And we find ourselves with a picture of Jesus, acting as a judge. He's too, is not a hammer. He's too, is just his own word. You see, the word of God can either heal us or judge us. We can either hear the word of God and be like, Uncomforted, uncomfort by your word. Or we can hear it and be like, man, that hurts, you know? I'm doing that, ouch. See, in Revelation 19 verse 15, it says that Jesus will conquer his enemy with the word of the mouth. He will come down from heaven and be like you're dead, and everybody fails. The church, the church was in the middle of this. Worship place. And there's a reason why Jesus says, I have the two inches or And verse 13, he says, I know where you well, where Satan's throne is, yet you go fast to my name. And you do not deny my faith. Even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was killed among you. Christ starts his message by saying, I know where you live, men, And I know that those against you are many. I know that you live in the middle of hell. That's basically what he says, where Satan's throne is. Yet you hold fast to my name, and you do not deny my faith. Sometimes in this world, it seems like we live in the middle of hell, because we go outside these four walls and everywhere we turn, we can see something evil, something wicked, and it seems like those wicked things that this world has to offer, it's done harm of this place. You know, the weird people are you and I. If we are Christians, this world looking, as funny. Man, I, they look at me funny twice for my disability and for my... Mm, for my Christianity. But that's okay, I guess. <laughs> but this world, like this place, has everything upside down. The church is the weird. The church is the The person you say hi to just because you wanna be. You don't want them to ask you questions so you say hi, church. But in reality, this world doesn't really like us. Like in this place. The church was holy fast to Christ, to the faith. You know what, guys? God, Jesus knows us. Knows where we live. Knows why we come against us every day. The coworker that is always telling jokes about Christianity, about your faith. Jesus knows about that. He knows when you're making fun of. He knows when somebody in your class is making fun of you because You believe in him. And he says, I know that you go fast. I know that you have faith. And guys, let me tell you. Personally, sometimes it's hard to remain faithful. It's hard to remain against the world. But Jesus is telling us, even now, hold on. Be faithful, remain faithful. And he says, even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was killed among you where Satan live. Antipas, who's that guy? Well, no one knows. You see, the Bible doesn't tell us anything about this man except for this few words. It's a faithful witness kill among you. It's funny, the name Antipas. It it could be translated against all. Against all. Yeah, he was against everything going on around him. This guy died because he was faithful. And, And I'm not telling you that you need to die in order for Jesus to know you. I like the fact that we don't know nothing else about this guy. Because this tells me that Jesus knows the unknown, you know. Those people that are maybe putting up chairs before the Bible study, maybe sweeping the floor afterwards, or maybe just sharing with the neighbor, or going to give food to the homeless. You know when oh I always when I always sorry I'll never do it again I promise. I just wanna see if your guys are awake or not. No, but when I first started to serve the Lord I kind of wanted people to be like, good coin art. You sent three chairs today, nice coin. You clean up the bathroom, nice coin. But I figured something else that if the people would have blown me. Then Jesus couldn't have me because I already got my reward. What I'm saying is that if you are in some kind of ministry that no one knows about, that you are working hard. And maybe you don't see the fruit of your labor. Maybe you're like me. Nobody knows that I'm doing this. Just remember, Christ knows. Christ knows the unknown. Christ knows those that are living for Him are faithful to the point of rejection. God knows who you are. And notice one thing, too, He sets His faithful witness. In chapter one, verse five, Jesus himself is called the faithful witness. How awesome for Antipas to be called like Jesus is called. It's nothing to be proud about but he's here for us to see that we too can be a faithful witness to God, to the Lord. It goes on in verse 14. He says, but I have a few things against you. You have some, there, who holds the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balaam, Balek, to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel so that they may eat fruit sacrificed to idol and practice sexual immorality. Last week, we see that Jesus didn't say nothing bad against the church. This week, we said, I have a few things against you. Some of you call the teaching of Balaam. Who's Balaam? Well, we can find his. Story in Numbers 22 to 25. And if you have some dance this week, I encourage you to read the story of Balaam. It's awesome. It has a talking donkey. How awesome is that? You know, Balaam, was a prophet. He wasn't from, he wasn't Jewish, but he was a prophet. Balaam was sick by Balak. Balak was the king of Moab. But like her, that Israel was going through the desert, defeating country after country. So Israel comes right near his country. He gets afraid. And it's like, I know, I know that prophet who will curse these people. And so he said, Balaam, and he said, "I pay you money if you curse Israel for me." Balaam said again, okay, "Let me talk to God." And God says three times, "No, don't go. These are a blessed nation, don't go." And Balang goes, "Yeah, give you a little more money, okay?" Let me talk to God, and God says, "No." Finally, after a while, God says, "Okay, you can go, but only." Speak the words I tell you to. And all through that story, Balaam tries to curse Israel, but he couldn't. He would speak to curse. And now came blessing. Finally, Balaam had enough and says, I'm going home. And Balaam wanted his money. So he said, i tell you what, if you get your, your woman to go down there to the camp of Israel and to entice the men of Israel, then they will sin against God, and that will bring a curse among them people. So Balaam, here is a type of Rome teaching. I was going back and forward about what this means, it is sexual morality he talks about here, well it is. But I think the main thing is that they were allowing people who bring in teaching from other things, from Another gospel. That's what Balaam did in a sense. Because God warned the people of Israel and hey, don't get married or don't have nothing to do with other countries, with women from other countries. Because They will make you fall. They will make you grow and sin, And that's what they did. How can we apply that to us if the church today teaches nothing but truth? I was was joking there. But my joke didn't work. <laughs> the church today has a hole. It's full of this. It's full of false teaching. It's full of other words besides the word of God. Church. Guys, we need to. Be reminded of doing the whole word of God. Even if I come up here, whatever words I said to you, you need to go home and look it up in the Bible. Because... I'm not the authority, David's not the authority, even though he thinks yes. (laughs) Don't say that, though. You're gonna hear this anyway, David. I love you, (laughs) man. But the authority is the word of God. You see, if we let Some other way of thinking very to us. We're not doing the whole word of God. And I think that's what he says. He says, Listen, Israel sin because they went away from doing what God told them to do. They went away because they were enticed by, by women that they shouldn't be enticed. Are we enticed by a gospel that is not the gospel of Jesus? Are we enticed by the Prosperity gospel, by the healing gospel. Maybe I shared this before, but I used to go to Crystal Cathedral, and there we get a bunch of people that they don't know the true Word of God because the Word is not preached like it needs to be bridged, So it's easy for people to fall off from the truth. There was this couple there that they told me, brother, did you ever pray for healing? Oh my God, let me tell you, I pray for healing all the time. Brother, you didn't pray the right way. Okay. If you come to our house, brother, we're gonna fill the tub with holy water and pray over you. And then I got thinking, I'm like, huh, I don't know about that. And God told me, hey, that's not from me, dude. (laughs) That's not from me. If I wanted to help you, I can just do it like that and I take it, but I don't want to kill you. The next time I look, I saw them, they're like, so brother, did you desire?" I'm like, yeah, no, but thank you, but no thanks. Because they didn't understand the whole counsel of the word of God. It's easy for us especially if we live in a world that is telling us this. You don't have to leave your religion, they tell us. But have you considered this or have you done about that? And we're like, this doesn't hurt. I'm, I'm still your son, God. I'm still here for you, God. But I'm doing this just in case. In case of what? Church, my my prayer for you and I is that we hold on to To the entire Word of God. You know, right now it's so easy to listen, to see, to read the Bible. You know, what I do at night is I listen to the Word of God, and I follow along. Because if I read it for myself, I I don't understand it as much. But the thing is, we need to hold on to the entire Word of God. Christ tells them and tells us, don't be or don't have a family black. We need to be careful while we're here, even from those around us, even from those in church, we need to really take their word against the word of God. And Jude also talks about the teaching of Balaam, and also taking Peter 2 15 talks about Balaam. So, what I'm trying to say here is that Balaam, or the teaching of Balaam, was going on in church. And it's still going on today. I see churches, or so called churches, Having thousands of people. But the message is not from the Bible. How sad it is to hear an imparational message. Good one, but does not do anything for your soul. Verse 15, he says, so also you have some who goes to the teaching of the Nicolaits. Again, I don't know. We don't know what these Nicolas are, but it's a form of teaching that is other than the word of God. So it's a false doctrine. Episodes in Revelation chapter two, verse six, we read that Jesus praised the Episodes church because they hated the deeds of Nicolens, and here, just a couple verses later, Jesus is actually saying, you guys, hold on to the teaching of these people. Birds 16, Therefore, repent. If not, I will come to you soon and war against them with the sword on my mouth. instructed the word repent. Jesus doubted to fight for the seven churches he writes a uh, letter to, And right now, he tells us to repent. Repent from what? Repent from anything that it goes against Jesus and his word. Repent. It's to turn back. It's to... Make a U-turn and get away from whatever you are doing. Christ warned us before he judges. He says, if you do not repent, I will come to you soon and war against you. If you hear that, you should be like, wait a minute. In my life, I'm living my life like God wants me to live. Or there's something out there that doesn't come with the word of God. I don't want to see Jesus coming up to me. Judgment. Coming against me with the word, with the sword of his mouth. I don't wanna see Jesus saying, I told you time and time again change. You didn't. Now you're gonna pay for it. I want Jesus to be like, good down and faithful servant. First Peter chapter 14, verse 17 tells us that judgment of God will begin in the house of God. You know, we need to make sure we live in the right way. If not, God will judge us. Like he did for Israel. Maybe he didn't do it right away in Israel, but eventually they became slaves. Eventually they were not free, and so many of them died because of their sins. Because of what they did against the word of God. But there's a promise, and I like the ending of the, of the letters because God says, That's just my name, I know who you are, where you live, but I have this against you. But if you repent, this will happen. He who got in here, verse 70, he who got in here, let, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Again, we all hear having ear, right? If not, that's kind of weird. I guess nobody has ears. Okay. To the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone with a new name written on the stone, and no, that no one knows except the one who receives it. The hidden manna here is God's perfect provision for us. The true bread of life. God says, if you conquer, if you conquer what? If you conquer the false teaching, if you conquer the world against you, I will give you of the hidden manna. I will feed you. I will let you eat on my table. Basically, that is what it means. I will let you eat with me. In the white stone, this could be like a ticket or to a banquet or the sign of of your, your friendship with Jesus. You know, something that like a name tag or something like that, like Jesus will give to you At the very least, we know that with the white stone, we are sure of being with them. And the new name, it could mean two things. That Jesus has a new name for us, like a a nickname or something like that. And starting this, I'm like, that'd be awesome that Jesus would have a nickname for all of us, you know? Just a name that no one knows except for the one who gets it, you know? I wonder my name would be like Shaky or something like that. Shaky, Hi, Shaky. Like a, a pen name. Or it could be the name. It's just simply on the table of God. I like that. I like that also. Just keep going to heaven and see this long table and see your name on it. Art. Right next to Paul or maybe John or David or Whoever, you know. But the main thing is this, guys. And I will finish with this. The main thing is that we will be with Christ if we keep the entire word of God. The Word of God is like two inches Remember this. Either it could cut you deep inside and you will hurt, or it could comfort you and defend you because you are faithful to the Word of God. Down says that the your word, God, is a lamb to my feet and a light to my path. What that means is that every step I take, I take it by your word. Let's break. Father God, thank you for revelation. Thank you for those seven little letters that are not only speaking to the churches back then, but to us today, Lord. And we want the church we want our church to be a church that obeys, that leads by every word that comes out of your mouth. We don't want to turn for other beliefs, even if they seem harmless. We want to live by the whole word of God. Let your word be our glory. Let your word be the one who tells us every step we take. In Jesus' name, amen.